Boston Sports Center. Get the duck boats ready! Get the duck boats ready! After 39 long years, the Cup is back home! The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions! Diving to the goal line! A touchdown! And a title for the Patriots! I can't believe it! Number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. Welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast. I'm your host, Michael Travers, and with me, I have two other gentlemen. Uh, Obviously, I have another one of our co-hosts here with me, Bill Travers. Bill, what's going on? Not too much. What's going on with you? You know, just uh, I feel like it's been about six months since uh, since we last met, and, uh, you know, not much has happened in the sports world. So um, this should be quick, easy, painless, and not drawn out at all. So for us, we'll keep it under two hours. Yeah, maybe, maybe, if if we're lucky. Um, and also joining us, we have uh, third voice tonight is our Red... Nope, nope, not Red Sox. Our Celtics, our Patriots writer, uh, Mr. Derek McVeigh. Derek, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. I know Derek is probably excited because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're a season ticket holder for the Patriots, right? And and, and obviously tomorrow, this is Saturday night, so obviously tomorrow is uh, the first game anybody can go to in over over a year. So you must be uh, excited, hopefully? Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but it's it's just going to be weird to be in a place with, you know, 60,000-plus people. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, you know, it's, it's probably been a long time since any of those people have been in that, a crowd that you know that large i went to fenway earlier this year and that's what thirty thousand, and it, it was a day game so it wasn't even full there might have been i don't know twenty thousand people there and that was weird so three times that i'll be at the game tomorrow too so uh three times that it's 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 gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting for sure for sure do either of you guys have uh any any opening thoughts or, or i know we don't call them quick thoughts anymore but opening thoughts to uh to lead us off uh, bill i'll start with you i got nothing and it's not going to be quick. We got a lot to talk about, so let's Fair just enough. get right into it. Fair enough, Derek. What about you? Just looking forward to Patriots talk and some Marcus Smart talk as well. <laughs> and and the first gauntlet has been thrown down. Start, starting us starting us off nice and early. I, I appreciate that. It keeps keeps me young. Keeps me young. <laughs> Gets the blood boiling. I don't know what is it. Forty five a minute forty five into the into the podcast. Anyway. Um, I do have a quick, quick little, uh, quick little tidbit, little nugget here. Um, we are going to make some changes as far as the Boston Sports Syndicate goes. So if you've been following along, you have seen five. Is that right, Bill? Five shows. Uh, yeah, yes. one for one for each team, and then one and then one and the show flagship. that we were calling the flagship. Um, that that has since changed, and uh, what we're going to be doing now is we're just going to be basically sticking to the the flagship show, um, and we'll be doing similar to what we're doing tonight. Is it'll be Bill and myself, and then we'll have um, a third voice. Uh, maybe sometimes even a fourth voice in here with us to talk about different teams, and um, you know I'm 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 excited to get back into doing it on a on a on a regular basis. Um, fingers crossed, weekly. Um, and so we will. 
we're, we're going to go forward doing that. Some of the guys uh, that, that have contributed to us have decided to leave the syndicate for either personal reasons or uh, to explore other ventures. And, um, you know, no no bad blood or ill will to anybody. And, and you know, we wish everybody the, the, the best of luck in everything that they're uh, doing in their personal lives and their uh, – you know, I don't want to call it professional life because I don't think I think in their in their um, hobby life, I guess, is a better way to put it. Um, and uh, another little side note is those other shows um, out of the four. I know that the Bleed Black and Gold show, which I myself am on with uh, with Waba, Waba plays and Ryan Daly, aka Big Country. We will be starting our own sh- our own podcast on its own channel with its own. Uh, its own feed and and so it doesn't clog up the Boston Sports Syndicate uh, line. It'll be its own, you know, its own show, its own set of hosts and whatever. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's coming out very, very, very soon. I would say within the next week or so. So um, just a little, you know, show notes. But other, do either of you have anything to add to that, or we just got to move on? I think you summed it up well. Fair enough. All right, so where do we where do we want to start today? So I'm going to say that the Bruins stuff today probably isn't going to make the cut because it's just not. We're not even. The last time we did a bleed black and gold for the syndicate, we we covered the off season, so it's really not. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of stuff happening happened since then. So we have the Celtics, the Red Sox, and the Patriots. Um, any preference where we start? Does anybody care where we start? Anybody want to jump into something quicker rather than uh, wait? Why don't we start with the Celtics? Marcus Smart, great. Been a lot. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so the Celtics off season itself has been, I want to say, active. So I mean, I, I I think the last time that we really we really got together and really talked Celtics, it was when they got eliminated and then Danny Ainge um, moved on and Brad Stevens got promoted. Um, and I don't then, even know if we if we did an actual podcast after Stevens moved up. I know we did a Twitch thing about it. But I don't recall if we actually did a podcast on it. Yeah, you might be right. We might have just talked about it on. We might have just talked. No, 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 no. That was a. Uh, maybe it wasn't a podcast. I don't know. Whatever. But we, we definitely did something about. Because I remember Derek being on and we were talking about it. And maybe it was. Maybe it was at right after Danny. Yeah. No, we definitely talked about it. Hundred percent. I know. I know. We did the Twitch thing with Derek and uh, mm-hmm. Nick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Like the night. The next night after it happened, we we got something out quick. Yep. Uh, so even since then, I feel like some more stuff has happened. So the, they signed uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Enos Cantor. They re-signed him. Um, they got they traded for Al Horford. They traded away Kemba Walker. They traded for Chris Dunn. They traded away Chris Dunn. They traded uh, Tristan Thompson. Um, they traded for <laughs> Moses Brown, then traded away Moses Brown. Is that was that the same the same deal for the that was uh, in the Horford deal. Am I getting that name right, Derek? You know how I, I'm no better with names now than I used to be. They got Moses Brown. Nailed and, it. Yep, they got Moses Brown, and they traded him for Josh Richardson. He, he was supposed to be the, the big upside of the deal mm-hmm. when Horford came in. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, they're trading him away. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to go over there. Um, Derek, you being the basketball guy, I'll let you um, kind of give us your thoughts and, and – uh, they also re-signed Marcus Smart. They also re-signed Robert Williams. They let Taco Fall go, Semi Ojale, Evan Ford. Like, there's a lot of stuff here. So, um, and a new De- coach, Derek. Why don't you? Why don't you kind of give us your thoughts and, and takes as far as, as what the Celtics have done so far this offseason? 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think um, just comparing them to last year, I think they're going to be a, a better team, like, you know, record wise. I think they'll be more enjoyable to watch. And I think part of that will just be because of the new head coach. Um, you know, nothing against Brad Stevens, but I mean, one of his biggest criticisms over the, the past year is just no, you know, intensity or, or emotion. And, you know, does he motivate his players enough? And I don't think that's going to be an issue with uh, the new head coach, Udoka. Uh, from everything I've read about him and just hearing his, you know, answers in like press conferences and stuff, it sounds like he's a an edgy guy, a guy that played in the league, um, you know, wasn't like a star or anything. So really had to work hard to to make his, um, you know, make his way in the league. So I think that comes through in his his coaching style and he'll get the most out of, of Brown and, and Tatum. Um, so I think one of the biggest staples of Brad Stevens' teams in the past has just been outworking teams every single night, and that's why they overachieved a lot. Uh, last year, that wasn't the case. They had a lot of games where it seemed like the, the guys took the night off and they had a lot of bad losses. I I think that'll change this year. I think they'll be back on, on track in just terms of consistent effort every single night. And Look, they had some, some nice moves. I like some of the guys they brought in, but this team is only going to go as far as, as Tatum and Brown take them, and as long as they continue to progress, um, you know, and ascend to uh, the the upper echelon of of players in the NBA, you know, the, the Celtics will continue to progress. Um, I they're obviously not a championship level team, um, but I think they're better than last year. Bill, your thoughts? It's gonna take it's gonna take a while to learn some of these guys. I mean, it was all wholesale changes across the board, other than Brown and Tatum in, in a couple of the second string guys like Pritchett, Neesmith, guys like that. But I mean you you've got and Marcus Smart, of course, who we haven't really talked about yet, but you know, you've you've got a lot of role players that have come in now. So it's gonna take a while, I think, not only for us to get used to them, but for these guys to gel together. It'll it'll be really interesting to see how the new coach handles Tatum and Brown. Those guys I don't think they played very well together. They, they each shown individually, but as, as far as playing off each other, I think that's something that they really need to, to get up to that next level. Uh, and also looking forward to Al Horford, what if he can bring maybe a stabilizing influence to both of them to help get them up to that next level. I, I think that's going to be key for this team because they really have not had that veteran leadership. Tristan Thompson was looked at for that last year. He didn't deliver on it. Now he's gone. We'll see what Horford can do, but I, I think that's that's what this team really really needs. And I'm also looking forward to guys like Nee Smith and uh, Romeo Langford to see what if they can take that next step and progress. And Robert Williams, they also signed him to a to an extension, a four year extension. So he is the guy in the middle right now. And if and if he can reach some of his potential. This could be a really fun team to watch, but it, I think it's going to take a while for them to gel and come together. To me, it looks like all of the all of all of these offseason moves were kind of I don't want to say lateral moves because that's not the that's not the right the right term. But to me, I mean, I'm not a, the biggest basketball guy, but seeing some of the names like um, like Dennis Schroeder and 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 bring back Al Horford, it almost seems like their depth just got a little bit better. And then they're they, obviously they decided to build around Tatum and Brown and for whatever reason Marcus Smart and and so it, it just seems like that they they got a little bit deeper as far as like their bench goes. You know the the seven eight nine guys off the bench are going to be a, a little bit better than what they were this past season. Um, the other thing that was 
I don't I don't know if glaringly obvious, but but uh, you know I'm gonna say it anyway is they got bigger. And I, I I was reading something I don't remember where it was from, but I was reading something the other day that, that last season the Celtics had like five five or six players six two or smaller. Right now on the roster, the only one is Peyton Pritchard. Other than that, everybody else is bigger. Uh, I mean, I understand six three isn't exactly a monster in the NBA, but but the overall roster is is bigger uh, minus Taco Fall than 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 it was last year. So it almost looks like that they're maybe going to play a little bit t- a little bit tougher. I don't know down low or or and in, 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 you know around the rim, which is something that they've needed for the last I don't know three four years where they haven't had a, a you know bigger guys and, and the ability to rebound or or, or really out bully, even though that was the style of basketball that they were trying to play. So they, you know they, they got bigger and it looks like that their depth got a little bit better. As I mean, as far as I mean, even Josh Richardson. I mean, I think these are just guys that are that are just better than the names that we saw on the roster last year. But we were saying yeah, some of the things 100%. last same things last year when they brought Thompson in and they brought Teague in. We thought that that they were going to, you know, the veteran leadership and and they were getting bigger with Thompson and and those things and and more depth. And that just didn't pay off with either one of these guys. So, well, I, you know, I'm just hoping it's the same thing with the, with Schroeder and Richardson, that these guys aren't towards the end of their careers and you're just picking up some more guys off the scrap heap and hoping that it sticks. Well, Teague, Teague sucked. I mean, Teague was terrible, and I don't think anybody really saw that coming because he was. it's not like he's a superstar, but he was supposed to be a good player, a good like a good six-man type player. Walker had his injury issues. Tristan Thompson couldn't decide if he wanted to be with a Kardashian or one of her friends or whatever. So it was like that, that dude was just a, a, an absolute... An absolute dumpster fire from the start, and he, you know, made what did he make comments about? He doesn't take the regular season serious because it doesn't matter to the postseason. And it's like, well, when you have LeBron on your team, maybe that's the case, but but not not this team. And I, Derek said it, and he nailed it. I mean, this team's only going to go as far as Tatum and Brown are going to take them. And I just, I, I mean, are they even in? Are, are they even in consideration to be in contention to be a, a top team in the East? Like, where where are they right now? Like, it just. It just, I mean, like you said, there's been so much turnover, and it's just, where, where is this team right now? Who's this team's starting point guard? If you tell me Marcus Smart, I'm gonna throw up and, and leave because, it, but grab like, a bucket. What, like, yep. where, like, where, like, where, what is, where is this team going? Like, where, where are they? Where, where do you, where do you see them landing? I know it's a long ways from even the beginning of the season, never mind the end of the season. But I mean, are they in contention? Are they, are, are they in contention with Philadelphia? Are they? Are they with the Heat? Like, where where are we looking? Like, where what is this team going to look like? Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're probably that next tier of teams in the the East, which consists of a lot of teams. I mean, you have Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then I I'd still put Philadelphia up there. I mean, it doesn't sound like Ben Simmons is going to be there anymore, but that may actually help them. Um, but I think it's those three teams, and then yeah, it's it's the Heat, it's the Hawks. Uh, you could throw the Knicks in there, the Celtics, uh, you know, a handful of teams. That are that that second tier. Um, you know the, the the free agents last year didn't work out. I think one thing that will help this year is that Richardson and Schroeder are just in different stages of their career compared to Teague and Thompson. Like they're both in their late twenties. Schroeder just missed out on a a huge uh, you know earnings potential with the Lakers and you know got chump change here with the Celtics. So I'm sure he'll be looking for a, a payday. Uh, Josh Richardson. Had a good start to his career in Miami, and then things didn't quite work out last year in Dallas. So he'll be probably trying to kind of reclaim his his status in the league. Um, and I think they're just good fits for the the Celtics. They're hard nosed defenders. They play with a little bit of edge. Um, so guys that they've 
they didn't really have much of last year. Do you have you heard anything? Do you understand? Because I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I certainly don't understand why um, they flipped two different players in in Brown and Chris Dunn. So uh, me personally, the the Chris Dunn thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. He played at Providence. He was an exciting type of player. He went top five, top ten, something like that in the draft. Wasn't it between him and Jalen Brown? And, and then they ended up taking Brown. And he didn't he get picked in the fifth round? Yeah, number one. He was picked fifth overall. Um, first round, fifth pick by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Came out of Providence. He was an exciting player to play. They trade for him. I was a little excited. It was a name I recognized. Someone, you know, and then then they then they flip him. Moses Brown was supposed to be the big thing. You know, um, he he torched the Celtics and and Steven saw it firsthand and then traded for him and then traded traded him out. Do you, any any clue what's going on with that? So I mean the the Moses Brown thing. I think he was just more a product of. There was no one else on the Thunder that could play. So, like, when you're, if you're playing, you know, 30 minutes a night, no matter how bad your team is, someone's got to put up numbers, right? Every, every NBA team is, you know, putting up 85 to, to 90 points a night. So, some, the, those stats have to come from somewhere. So, yeah, he had a, a great game against the Celtics, but and I think he was just more a, a product of his environment. Chris Dunn, I was definitely looking forward to. Um, cause I, you know, I'm originally from Rhode Island, so grew up watching Providence all the time. So I watched a ton of Chris Dunn as a friar. Um, and I just felt like he was the type of person the Celtics have been missing, like, a, you know, a lesser, like a Rondo type, a lesser version of Rondo, but a guy that is pass first, plays good defense, isn't going to put up a ton of points, but he'll facilitate the offense. So I was looking forward to seeing what he could do. I know he's had some injury issues, uh, and staying healthy has been a problem for him early on in his career. So maybe they just felt like it wasn't worth the risk, and they, you know, rather go with guys like like Schroeder and and Smart, who are, you know, more more reliable in terms of being able to stay on the court. Interesting. I just it just doesn't. It, I mean, I can see doing it for one, but it seemed, it, like it just didn't make sense to me doing it with two players, and 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it is an injury thing, and and. I mean Moses Brown filled the need. Is he young? He's huge. Plays a big game. Like I just, it seemed like it was two things that the team needed. And then maybe they did a little bit better in free agency than they thought they were going to do. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe they weren't expected. They signed Schroeder first, or did they trade for they trade for Chris Dunn first? And I don't know. But maybe maybe they weren't expecting to sign Schroeder, and then they got him, and then they had a backlog, and then they ended up you know moving him to to get Juan Haran Gomez. Any idea who that is? Because I don't. I mean, I've I've heard of him just from watching like the Olympics and stuff, and seeing him play for Spain. Yeah. Um, he's just like a a three and I wouldn't even say a three and D guy. He's just a, a three point shooter. Um, so he'll guy. come off the bench and yeah, he is a he's got good size. Um, Six nine two down here last year. And he was a, he was a fifteenth overall pick. He was a first rounder. So I mean, maybe maybe there's something there. I don't know, but but it just it just seemed odd to me. Uh, so now I'm going to let you have your glory and talk about the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics because this is honestly it's kind of laughable. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead, have your have your Marcus your Marcus Smart glory. Tell me how he's going to be the point guard and his extension. Go ahead. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't have to to talk about all that that already happened. So I mean, he we know he's going to be the the starting point guard from from day one. Look, I mean, I was I was nervous that they were going to consider trading him, um, but. You know, Yudoka has has talked him up since he came, and how he's a, a foundational piece, and he looks forward to working with him. So, I mean, the so this will be Smart's first time as like the 
point PG number one, right? Like ever since he's he's been here, he's kind of been he's played a backseat to you know Kemba Walker the past few years or, or Kyrie or Isaiah Thomas. Like this will be the first time he's had the the uh, you know lead point guard responsibilities, and maybe that will motivate him more to to be more of a playmaker. I mean, he's still gonna take a ton of shots uh, and some bad shots. I I think people exaggerate his his poor shot selection, but that's that's an argument for another day. I think, I think this is his opportunity to to be the playmaker and, and drive this offense because he's done it at times in the past, just not consistently enough. I mean, I, and obviously his defense speaks for itself. I think he had a down year defensively last year, so hopefully you know he comes back a little more motivated this year to kind of reclaim that that All NBA first team defense status. Um, I think this is going to be a good opportunity for him. Do you see it being? Do you see the, the Celtics doing more so like? Um, so I know like the Lakers do it with LeBron or, or Cleveland definitely did it with LeBron where, um, you know, they, they, yes, they have a point guard and traditionally the point guard takes the ball up, but you know, when LeBron's on the floor, LeBron was taking the ball up. Do you see the Celtics doing something similar to that with either Tatum or Brown? And they're actually the ones that the offense is getting facilitated through rather than Marcus smart. And he's, you know, I mean, he'll be obviously a P to say he's a foundational piece. I'm just like, are you? Is it me? Like, do, do I not get it? Is it me? Like, I just, I don't see it. Like, yes, he's great defensively, ish. Yes, he's. I mean, he, I just don't see saying that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart are your foundational pieces. It's like one of these things is not like the other, and I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But. Do you see them doing more like, you know, more more facilitating the offense through the two or the three um, and, and, and letting Tatum carry the ball up and set plays or, or Brown? Or, or do you think they're still going to go with a traditional point guard type with, with Smart doing that? Because I don't know if I trust Smart to run and facilitate the offense. I, I just, you know, snarky, snarky comments aside, I just I don't I, I don't know if I trust them to do that. So I. I would say if I think there will be you know something to what you said. I think they'll let Tatum, maybe not so much Brown. I think Tatum has more playmaking ability than than Brown does. So I think you'll probably see him bring the ball up a lot. And we've seen him do it a ton, you know, in the past, especially last year when he's out there in the the second quarter, um, you know, with four four bench guys. I mean, he's the one bringing it up and running the offense. So I think they'll definitely see a lot of that. Um, I think you'll you'll see it whether you want to see it or not you'll see a lot of it with with smart too um you know smart was they led the team in assists last year he had a career high in assists i mean it's right around six assists per game which isn't a ton um but i mean that's they they need someone to to run the offense um so i think him him think him and tatum will will kind of share those responsibilities uh tatum's definitely that's that's his next step is becoming that playmaker and he did it at times last year um, I don't know if you watched any of the Olympics uh, this summer, but he looked pretty good, uh, you know, for Team USA. So hopefully that he continues to to build on that and just gain more confidence. Um, now he'll have better players around him, uh, at least a few more better players around him. So maybe he'll be a little more uh, likely to to facilitate and, and find open guys. Um, but that I think that is the the next step in in terms of progression for Tatum is becoming that playmaker. Bill, you have anything to add? I just think that in today's NBA, I don't think the point guard is the only guy that handles the ball like it used to be years ago. You know, they spread it around. You get the guys with the different skills. I mean, you've got guy somebody like Tatum who's what six ten, talking about him bringing up the ball. Guys that big never used to handle the ball just down low. So 
you know, I don't, I don't know if that's as important, but the the one thing I'd be looking for with Smart is if he is running the offense, will that take him away from from shooting as much as he has in the past? If he when he was off the ball, if he's got the ball in his hands, is he looking more to facilitate and not taking those shots that, rightly or wrongly, that we've been criticizing him for in the past? Yeah, I just, I just, I just look at Smart as the kind of guy who just is like, oh, I'm gonna get a shot. Oh, here's a shot. Oh, I'm gonna shoot. Oh, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. Maybe that changes where he's, you know, where he is gonna be the the quote unquote point guard. But I also don't believe that I don't believe in his ability to get guys their shots, and that's what a good playmaker does. Is I mean, I I just think like I know he's not a point guard, but I think like Jimmy Butler, like Jimmy Butler facilitates the offense in in Miami, and and he I mean he's you know it's the same thing like Tatum. He's a he's what a, a small fours. He's a three two, but it it's I I just I just don't see Marcus Smart doing that. And the thing about the point guard position now is it feels to me like point guards around the league are one of two things: elite playmakers. Or three-point shooters, and to me, it, it, he's not either one. You know, he's it, to, to me, he's there for his defense, and that's what he should. That's what he should be there for. And I don't know. I still think he's better suited for a, a six-man bench type role. But but I mean, I'm clearly I'm wrong if they think if they think he's a foundational piece. And uh, but but I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting. And and the I guess the last thing I want to talk about the Celtics is the is the return of Al Horford. Um, I think this was one of the one of the more surprising things to me was was them trading for him back. I felt like I don't know. I just felt like the, the, that chapter in his career was over. Um, I mean, clearly it's gonna it's a leadership type a leadership type thing. But do you think he's gonna have an impact on on Tatum or, or I mean, you have to assume that's the thought process that he's gonna have an impact on Tatum and Brown, maybe even Smart from a leadership standpoint. And this is more of a long play than a. You know, than than the short game here and getting a, a talent in here. It's more of a locker room type play. Thoughts? Yeah, I think part I, of the I definitely agree with that. Sorry, I think part... Bill. Um, no, I was... no, no. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would just say I would agree. I mean, I think he'll be able to pro- provide some on court value, um, but I think his his biggest value will be in the the locker room and off the court. I mean, he's the only guy on the roster right now that's over thirty years old, uh, so they haven't had that. Uh, you know, veteran presence in the locker room since he was here, you know, a few seasons ago. And he played with Brown, he played with Tatum, he played with Smart, so all those guys are familiar with him. Um, he's been around, I don't even know, since I think 2007 he was drafted. So, you know, this will be his 15th season or 14th season. Um, he's been in countless playoff games. I mean, he knows how to win in this league. I mean, he's never won a championship, but he knows he's a, a true professional, knows what it takes. Uh, so I think he'll be a a huge help to guys like to Brown and Tatum and take a little bit of that responsibility off them where I think, you know, being the leaders last year kind of wore on them a little bit because they just weren't ready for that role. So having that veteran like Horford in the locker room to help navigate in, you know, an 82 game season is going to be a huge help for them. Yeah. I don't see him getting much more than 15 minutes a game playing time. If that at his age, is he, the, is if he a, Robert is he Williams your, can stay healthy, is he your starting four right now? He's got to be right. Probably so you're starting four. Yeah, you're 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 power forward. Could be. Yeah, I mean, it depends on if they go with you know if they go with two bigs or what what type of offense they're going to run. Yeah, I feel I feel like he's always been slotted as a center, but he does he's not really a center. You know, like, he's an undersized center. Yeah, that, right. That's how it, like I feel like he's made for that the four position, the the power forward position. But who else do they have at center right now? Who would who would the be the, the next guy behind behind him? 
And the uh, Time Lord has trouble staying on the Canter. So. Yeah, Enos Canter. That's right. You've got Canter. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there was. I thought there was another big somewhere in there that I that they that they brought into. They um, got that guy Fernando from Atlanta in that Chris Dunn trade, but he's not huge. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Bruno six six nine. Yeah, it's the same size yeah. as same size as uh, Al Horford. Um, any any surprises right. on the on the departing um, free agents? Or I, I, yeah, I don't know if it, yeah free agents. So I mean Walker, I'm not I'm not counting because he was in a trade, but um, Fournier, Taco Fall, Carson Edwards, Waters. Did Ojale get traded or did he walk? I think, I, think he walked. Walked. I think he walked. Um, any surprises there? Any of them? Any like? I guess really, it's, it's Fournier. Is, did, did that surprise you? What surprised me Maybe was it. after he signed with the Knicks, then he turned around and said he really wanted to stay with the Celtics. You know, these these guys, they really want to stay, but they're lured away by more money. You know, if you really wanted to stay, sign a lesser contract so mm-hmm. you could stay with the team. I wouldn't. Want Never to works that, that way though. Yeah, I just, but that's also I feel like that's just saving face. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't buy that anyway. Yeah, you're right. If you wanted to stay here, you should have stayed here. It shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have signed. Actually, it was a sign and trade. So you technically got traded too. They they always do sign and trades. But but that's just uh, so they can get the max max salary slot. I think. Oops, I think this broke my elastic. I think ultimately, um, the the Celtics team should be exciting to watch. I mean, it's it's an entirely new team, new coach, new general manager, sort of. I mean, new new to the position, and I, I think it's going to be. I think hopefully it's going to be an exciting team, and hopefully they. I feel like if they start hot and they gain some confidence, they can be in the conversation. And uh, you know, I'll probably watch the first couple games and then forget about the Celtics because the Bruins will start. But anyway, anything else on the on the Celtics, or you want to move on? I'm good with the Celtics. Yeah, all good. Patriots or Red Sox, where you want to go? Why don't we save the Patriots for last? Oh, of course, of course, of course. That's called a tease in the business. <laughs> um, so the Red Sox. The Red Sox, uh, a lot-ish to talk about. You say there's a lot to talk about, so I'll let you go ahead, Bill. Tell me about it. Well, what's the big story right now with the Red Sox? When last we spoke, where did they have? Five-game lead in the American League East? Ten games over the Yankees? And then what happened? And then COVID hit. No, no, no. Yes, no. Yes. All no. right. What happened? No. Then the All Star break happened, and then that's the, true. And that's then, true. And they then started the trade struggling deadline, before the All Star break. And then the trade right. deadline came, and they didn't do anything really. And then and and you know they they, they Chain Bloom didn't didn't do anything. Yes, I call him Chain on purpose. Didn't do anything. And. And and wait, he did something. He did oh, something. Oh, yeah, he, tra- he, brought in a- he traded for a guy on the disabled yeah, he, list yeah, that he, couldn't play for two weeks. Yeah, he brought in a guy that has a broken ha- that has a broken hamstring. You can't even break right. hamstrings, but he's got a torn hamstring, or or, or he's got a I don't know whatever. And he couldn't and play. A guy for who two had weeks. no position to fit on the team. Yeah, exactly. Nowhere to go. Guy can catch. Guy can play first base. On his on his baseball card, it says he can catch. He can play first base. He can play the outfield. But really, he can't do any of that. So okay, you got another DH. Oh, you have JD Martinez, who on his baseball card says he can play the outfield. Can't really do that. So yeah, great, 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 great trade deadline. And then they just start sucking. They just they just suck. Like that's that's their 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 pitching came down. Their bullpen came down to earth. Their bullpen has been horrendous. They and and then COVID happened. So it's not COVID. Well, Don't no no. It is not because of COVID that the Red I Sox are in the position that they're in right now. Gee, I sorry. thought you didn't want to talk. I thought you didn't want to talk about no, the Red no, no, Sox. No no no. I said I said you said there's a lot to talk about. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Well, you just you just summed it all up in that rant very very well. <laughs> you forgot to mention the bad defense that they've been playing. Yeah, that exactly. and the well, bad base running. Well, just, well, but just bad well, baseball overall. Well, and this is of the major league quality talent, not the guys they've been bringing up with Worcester to plug the holes created by COVID. Well, I mean, if you look at Twitter, it's because of COVID. They, you know, they make stupid base running plays because it's COVID, it's COVID brain. Everything's just COVID. Anything bad that happens is COVID. Oh, uh, you know, Chris Sale finally comes back and pitches. Great. And nobody talks about COVID. Then, uh, and then, uh, they, they do now that he has well, it. Now, now that he has it, of course. But when good things happen, it's like, oh yeah, what's COVID? And then, and then, and then uh, they can't catch up. They can't catch a pop up. And then they throw the ball seven seven rows in behind the behind home plate, and it's COVID. Everything's then it's COVID. Oh well, well we well, we got COVID. Well, we got COVID. All yeah. right, COVID COVID aside, let me ask the two of you. When when all the talk was about Sale coming back, did you think that that was going to cure all their ails, like everybody was saying it would? That Sale Sale was going to be the big midseason acquisition at the deadline. You were going to bring a pitcher of that caliber back. That was going to fix everything. Do we really buy that? Did either any of us really, really buy that? That one starting pitcher was going to make all the difference when they had holes in the bullpen, holes in the starting rotation, holes on defense, and we were going to believe that Sale was going to be the savior for this team? Well, savior maybe for the starting rotation. Like, there's a hole in the rotation. He can pitches that. once every he fifth can, day. I'll, 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 Pavetta was cra- the only guy who's been consistent all year has been Evaldi. Listen, he has had a tremendous year that hardly anybody is talking about. I Other think, than that, Rodriguez has been up and down. You've lost Richards from the starting rotation. You've lost Perez from the starting rotation. They both got sent to the bullpen. Pavetta struggled after the All-Star break, and we thought that Chris Sale coming back was going to turn this team around. Could turn the ro- I will give credit. It could turn the rotation around. And I think I – think, I mean, with, with Sale coming back, he's he's an ace, and and I think every pitch, every good pitching staff needs a legitimate ace. And then I know that it's but, not, but like, he's not an ace anymore. He's no. coming off Tommy John surgery. He's not the Chris Sale of old. No, but he's but You're it's lucky still if you it's can still get a 2018 Chris Sale. It's still the name, the the. He's still an ace. Like it, 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 skill level, he he's he might be a number two, but he's still he's still an ace. He's a name. He's a big name pitcher. You know it's going to be electric when he goes out there. You know what you pretty much know what you're going to get. Maybe shortened starts right now coming off of Tommy John, but you pretty much know what you're going to get from him. And I I know that it's not like this whole slotting thing is like it just it just shows like the mentality of professional athletes like when you when you're like the when you're considered like the ace of the squad like Erod was or it, I don't even know if he is but was and you know he all of a sudden he it's like the Tuukka stuff he gets the he gets the bubbly guts and then he he slots down to the number 2 he's no longer the ace he starts pitching a little bit better Erod pitched a really good game was it 2 weeks ago and it, it, right after Chris Sale came back he pitched a good, he pitched a good game so i i i think Sale could have been a Help to the bullpen to the team, not even close. Not even close. You didn't have. You don't have a first baseman. You don't have a second baseman. Really, you don't have an outfield. You don't have an out. You're missing a center fielder. Like you just. No, no. For the team, no. For the rotation, maybe. That's that's where I land on sale. And I love. I love Chris Sale. The only way he helped the bullpen was Richards moved to the bullpen and pitched pretty well out of the bullpen for a while. Yeah, but you need more. That was that you was the more. only way that the, you need a lot more. You need more. And then when yeah. and then when COVID hit and you lost Barnes and you lost Taylor, Darwin's and Hernandez was out with an injury. Uh, Sawamura got knocked out with COVID. I mean, those were 
those were basically your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning guys. And they suck. And they were all gone. Go ahead, Derek. You're going to say something. I was just going to say with with Sale. I mean, I, I mean, definitely didn't expect him to be like the the savior. And I'll be, I'm surprised he's pitched as well as he did or as as he had so far. I thought there would at least be some you know bumps in the road along the way because it's been so long since he pitched. Um, now, I mean, he doesn't look like the the sale of old. Obviously, not you know going seven eight innings every night, but I mean, he's coming in and going a solid five five six innings every night. Um, you know, the one start that he didn't last as long was because of I forget was it Devers that made the error I forget it was a huge someone made a big error and kind of opened the floodgates no so it was Verdugo went, you know, dropping a fly innings. ball in the sun oh, oh right Verdugo right and then there oh, was right. that, then, that that's game, the, we had a couple of those yeah yeah that that's the play that's the game against Tampa that ended like fifteen to fourteen and the Red Sox had about mm, ten errors that game but anyway it blew right. a seven to one lead. Right, yeah, seven to one lead with Chris Sale pitching. You think that that's an automatic automatic dub? But no, not with this team. But they listen. They just really love playing for this manager, and that's why they play above all of their skill levels. It's because they love playing for Alex Cora. Alex Cora is is a difference maker. Okay, he's 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 the reason that they that they went to the Worlds and won the World Series, and and uh, he's everybody just loves Alex Cora. They love playing for him. That's why they elevate their game. It's just. I just I can't say enough good things about Alex Cora. Blech. Hashtag sarcasm. Get that get that puke bucket back I, out I here. Thi- I think initially that was the case. I think that's why they got off to a good start. What I think happens with him after a while is his arrogance rubs off on the rest of the team, and they think they can just show up and roll the balls on the field and go ahead and win. And that doesn't work in the major leagues. It, it, is that Alex Cora? That's not Alex, like they weren't playing well because of Alex Cora. They were playing well because their pitching was doing well. Like like. Josh Taylor went what a hundred innings without giving up a run or something, whatever, whatever it was, fifty, whatever it is, a, a, a twenty. What did he go? Thirty appearances without giving up a without giving up an earned run, something like that, like something, something stupid. Like that. Come on, Josh Taylor. That, that so so because Alex Cora. That's the, so because of Alex Cora. Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor did that because of that. Nick Pavetta pitched outside of his mind for the first two months of the season. Like, they were also they were also hitting the ball too. Yeah, but it's just which was something they didn't do last year. Martinez had a big turnaround. Devers had a good bounce Martinez, back. Martinez was allowed his 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 binky um, his video in his in his right. video. So that so that's that's what that is. Devers is Devers. Bogarts is Bogarts. Like those guys, you should expect them to play well. And 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 they did play well. Devers was decent last year, and so was Bogarts. Like like it's it's, it's so really it's Martinez. So it's so it's it's Alex Cora, not his iPad. Like so, come on. Like give me this Alex Cora stuff. Just give me a break. Alex Cora and Marcus Smart sit next to each other on the train for my hate. Like that that's it, it, it's I it, it it's stupid. Stupid. I I can't stand Alex Cora. Derek, God, you were trying to speak again. I I got to stop. You were trying to speak again. Uh no, I mean I was just um I think they, you know, water's kind of found its level and the it kind of goes back to the the trade deadline and just Bloom clearly had you know, a, a plan in place and didn't want to deviate from it. And it's a shame, too, because maybe if they had added a couple of these pieces, then maybe this team would be a little bit closer to Tampa Bay and not, you know, clinging to a, a wild card spot, which I'm not even convinced they'll they'll hang on to, given their schedule the, the rest of the way. Uh, and the way Toronto's playing, you know, currently, they're playing a lot better than, than the Sox and the Yankees. And, you know, Seattle and Oakland are right on their heels. So I just – I. I would not be surprised if in the next, you know, month or so we see the Red Sox fall out of the wild card spot. 
I almost expect it, honestly. Like, I, I, I really do. Like, I, I almost expect, I almost expect them to miss the playoffs, and it just to be, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I think, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess is what I'm saying. Is this, is if they, is if they fall out of the, uh, the, I mean, what do they have a game and a half lead, and it, it so, like, the, it's nothing. There's, there's so many teams chasing them, and I think the teams chasing them are better than them. The Yankees are better than the Red Sox. The Blue Jays are probably better than the Red Sox. Oakland is probably better than the Red Sox. I don't know about Seattle, but 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 <laughs> I think as we record this, they're all within a game and a half of each other. I'm looking at one it right way now. or the, the other. Red, the Red Sox are a game up on the Yankees, and then Toronto's a half game back on the Yankees, and and Seattle is a game back, and Oakland is a game and a half back. Four of so those the, five teams, three of those four right. teams are better than you, and there's only two spots. And and, and there's only and there's only three weeks left in the season. No, the Yankees have oh, not been still three weeks left in the season. The Yankees so a lot have, can happen. The Yankees have not been playing well, and they lost Garrett Cole. But it, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox or the Yankees don't make the playoffs. Do, here's a better question: Do either one of those teams do the Red? Okay, we'll start with the Red Sox. This is, Red, this is Boston sports. I don't care about the Yankees. Screw the Yankees. Do the Red Sox deserve to be in the playoffs? Do they deserve to be that? To be that? If they win the the number one wild card team, okay, maybe. Do they deserve that second wild card spot? Do they deserve to be in the playoffs at all with the way that they've played for the last three, four months? Three or four months? That's the entire season. Three the months, way they two played months, two months, just two before months. the All-Star break? No. But they had a big enough cushion to survive it. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'd rather go the other way. I'd rather start terrible like Toronto did and then come on strong towards the end of the season. Like I'd rather... Like, but they, but they, like they'll Colorado? have to do that now. I mean, you look at a team like Chicago, they've got such a big lead... Are they gonna Are they gonna rest on their laurels and some of the edge come off, and then they come into the playoffs and so think they can really just flip team. a switch? I mean, how many times have we seen things like that? Team thinks they can just flip a switch and turn it on, and you you can't just do that in any sport. Well, what ha- well, what happens in those situations is the White Sox end up running into a team like the Blue Jays in the first round, where the Blue Jays have every game that they've played for the last six weeks are, are meaningful, and they've been in that mentality and that you know they've been in the playoff mode because they have to win, and then you know Chicago hasn't had to, and and so you see that all of, you see that all the time. But I'm saying that's what I, you're making my point. That's no, what I know, I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But I'm well, saying that's a first. I'm saying that it, I'd rather be Toronto than the Red Sox. I'd rather I'd rather start the season two and ten. And 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 then and then come on strong towards the playoffs. Then start the season ten and two, and and suck for for two months, and just basically squeak into the playoffs just to get ousted by the Rays or, or Houston in the first round. Like, why? Like, I don't know. So but, do they deserve? The Reds, yes or no? Do they deserve to be in the playoffs? Well, let me finish. They're going to have to play good ball to make the playoffs. They're going to have to. Yeah, I don't hold see off it. the Yankees. They're going to hold have to hold off the the A's in the in the brew um, the Brewers the Mariners. They're going to have to play good baseball. They they can't play sub-500 ball and make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. So if that's the case and they do make the playoffs, then, yes, they would have deserved making the playoffs at that point because they would have turned it around. Now I'm going to make my bold prediction, and that's, I think, if they can survive what they're going through right now with COVID, they're going to be a better team coming out of it because, as we've seen every year for the last three or four when the starting pitchers can only go five or six innings, this bullpen cannot sustain an entire season. They got burnt out around the All-Star break. That's when you saw Barnes start to struggle. Some of the other guys start to struggle. Now that they've gotten this COVID break, that may actually work to their favor if they are still in a good position and you're shaking your head no. 
You don't agree with me. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. You don't. You don't think a two or a three week break yeah. for somebody like Barnes in the middle of the season when he was fried. It's what the Red Sox did with Pedro for years. You know. You know. What Give I, him a break after the All Star break. Find some phantom injury, put him on the injured list to, to give him a blow, and then he can come back strong for the second half. It's going to be the same thing for the entire bullpen, practically, with the exception of Ottavino, who may have COVID now. I don't know. I haven't seen any updates in the last five minutes. I just don't... Maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe it's going to be a blessing in disguise that the whole team got COVID. But I just, I, I that's a no, no, no. Because if that's the case, if that's the case, then you have to harp on Alex Cora for overusing the bullpen for the entire season, and that they needed a break before before they got and they burnt out the the bullpen, and then they got saved by COVID. So what was he? Like, what was Cora supposed to do? Make make the starters go six or seven? I don't know. Have better pitching. I, that's that's I don't know. Well, that that's on know. Chain Bloom. Storm, storm, that's not storm, on Cora. Cora can only put out the guys that he's he's been given. Storm into Chain Gang's office and 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 Chain Gang. Yeah, and storm into his office and make him get you some better pitching. Make him go get you a starter at the at the trade deadline so that you can have like like it's just like look at what the Dodgers did at the trade deadline. Are you kidding me? They literally got everything that they, they got every piece that they need. They didn't even need a shortstop, and they went out and got one of the best shortstop in the game and moved him to second base. Like, they, like that, that's what that's what a team that's in contention is doing. And then you're getting Kyle Schwarber, who has a, a ruptured hamstring and has no position. Like, huh? No, you're right. It, huh? He did it. He did a hard. I mean, I was on the Bloom bandwagon. I liked what he was doing up until that point, but I can't believe that he wanted to hold on to all of his prospects. <laughs> at the trade deadline and not a... give any of them away. I, no. I, you know, and 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 we and we spent so much time talking about Jaron Duran. Mm, yeah, Jaron Duran, Jaron Duran. He was the future. Mm -hmm. The dude came up and could not play. Can he can hit? Got exposed. Couldn't hit. Couldn't couldn't field. Can't can't take a play. decent route to a fly ball. Can't play. Well, I'm not gonna say he can't play because he's better than me. But he, but but it's just like. Oh, Dur Dur just wait for Durant to get called up, and then and then Durant gets called up. It's like, wait, first of all, why even call him up? You have outfielders. Like, I I, I understand that, that that it's not and it and it's not it's not ideal to have Verdugo play center field, but like Verdugo's your center fielder. That's it. Renfro's Renfro has been on fire for the last month and a half, so like that's that's your right fielder. And then I can't even think of who Verdugo your Verdugo is a butcher in center field. Yeah, okay, but okay. He cost you two games in the Tampa series alone. Okay, maybe. But 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 he's 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 better he's better at the plate than Duran. Like what is what was the need to call up Duran? It just it just didn't it just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. The team was the team was rolling. The team was in first place. Why do you, why do you need to call him up? Why? For what reason? There was no reason. You just you just wanted to call him up because you were getting pressure to to have him be called up. Like, like, okay, have Verdugo play left field, have Kike play center field. Oh, wait, we need a second baseman, so Kike's going to play second base because you don't have a second baseman. Kike's going to play every position on the damn field because you – like, other than other than where he normally plays. Like, it's it's, un, it's unbelievable. Like, it, the just the, the the thought process is you can just plug and play, guys. Like, it's just – it's in, in, in relying on guys that have no have, have no track record, no no proven track record. And and you, it worked for the first month of the season. That I think I think the the hot start that the Red Sox got off to was the worst thing that that could have happened to the Red Sox, because they had to make they had to make decisions at the trade deadline and they made the wrong decision. They 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 they, they were in a position where they they could be right there with the Rays right now. You make two, you may get a, get yourself a starting pitcher and then something other than Kyle Schwarber. And I'm not saying I'm not saying go get Joey. I'm not saying go get Gallo. I'm not saying that they should have gone and got um. 
uh, Cubs, the, the Yankees got uh, Rizzo. Rizzo. I'm not saying that they should that 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 that's moves that but they should Rizzo have made. Rizzo fit your team. You needed a first baseman. Correct. He fit the team. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And 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 you get you get Schwarber. Like it just now Schwarber's been Schwarber's been good. Like don't get me wrong, he's been good. But you, once he got on the field, and I feel like you also could have done more. You could have got Schwarber plus. Like. You, you you could have like there's no there's no reason that you couldn't have gotten Schwarber plus and there's no reason that the Dodgers can catch Scherzer and Trey Turner in the same deal and you can't get anything you get nothing I feel like this trade deadline was a good one too like there were a lot of people oh who it moved. was it was it was nuts watching all the guys move it, around it, it, it was incredible it was it, it, so many people changed teams and then obviously the, like Scherzer and, and Turner was the biggest the biggest thing of all and I'm not saying that the Red Sox should have done that or even could have done that because they're you know and then you talk about Bloom and wanting to keep his farm system I thought the farm system sucked I thought that this farm system was bad I guess he's added pieces I get it he's building a farm system but they still suck the farm system still sucks. Like is that like why are you why why are you being connected to uh what is this guy Ort like like why 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 do you have this personal connection to Bobby Dahlbeck like now he's also been good but like you couldn't have moved Dahlbeck to get yourself an, a legitimate first baseman you couldn't you, you couldn't have traded I don't know some other guy in in the minor leagues that you just picked up. To get a to get a better starting pitcher, you couldn't have moved not, any not of those pieces. Not everybody in the minor leagues is going to be a major league player someday. Of you course have not. To use, you have to use those guys as trade chips as well. Yeah, and that's and that, that's that, part of what your farm system is for. And if you were, and he had brought in enough talent that he could have used some of those players to bring in major league ready talent to help this team out. Bring in a bullpen arm, and I'm not yep. talking about Hansel Robles or Austin Davis. Yeah, you could have. You 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 definitely could have brought in brought in other pieces. You you have. You have depth, depth in your in your organization now. You have pieces in your minor league system that you didn't have at the beginning of the season. So you you did your job to to, to rebuild it. And remember, this was this is what I said when he took the job. I said he's built he built teams through the draft through prospects because that's what he had to do when he was in Tampa Bay. You know what I always say? This is the Red Sox. You don't have to build a team like that. You you as a Red Sox as the Red Sox general manager need to take on the the thought process of the Yankees or of the Dodgers who both made huge moves at the deadline to improve their team. And where did the Dodgers GM come from prior to going to the Dodgers to LA? Tampa. Where did he come from? Okay. So Tampa. just because you came from Tampa, no 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 that was my thing. Is like he did this in Tampa, but Tampa builds teams differently than the way that the Red Sox should. And I mean, they they don't because they just don't spend. They, I don't want to say don't spend money, but you know, we we've been down this road. Well, speaking of don't spending money, it seemed like they didn't want to make deals either, so they didn't go over the luxury tax, which I don't understand because they reset last year. So why was there a need to stay under the luxury tax this year? Is John Henry in over his head in Liverpool? Is there is there a no. problem somewhere else? No, 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 no. They just want to stay under it. They want to keep charging fifteen dollars for a hot dog, and so that and and just and people keep going. They keep going to games. Like it's it's our fault. It's us. We're dumb. We're the dumb ones. We just keep going. Keep supporting this habit. Stupid, stupid. Derek, you haven't you haven't said anything. You're still awake. Are you there? You're sleeping. <laughs> I'm still there, taking it all in. Just taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we forgot the biggest news at all of all at the trade deadline. Well, I want to hear Derek. What are your thoughts on the oh, okay. conversation that's transpired? I just think overall, this 
this season is shaping up to be like the seasons of old, right? Where they jump out to a big lead and then they it slowly disappears in the summer and then ultimately ends in disappointment and collapse in September. And you know, COVID is not the reason that they're they're plummeting. Uh, it's not helping right now, but their their poor play over the you know previous month is the reason they've they're in the position they're at. And now COVID's making it harder because now they're decimated and they're playing. You know, they just got off a series with Tampa Bay. They're in the middle of a series with Chicago. They've got three in Seattle coming up. They've got the Yankees coming up in a you know a week and a half. So now they're going to have to play these playoff teams with a, a decimated roster. And you know, it's they put themselves in this position by you know not making not being aggressive at the trade deadline and then ultimately playing so poorly the past month or so. You know what COVID is. COVID is the excuse right now. Like that's like it was like a it was like a perfect timing for them to for for uh, I'm calling I would want to start calling people as Twitter fans for Twitter fans and I would argue that John Hen I bet at the end of the year John Henry mentions about how COVID decimated this team Get, like guarantee you that it's it's going to be a it's going to be an excuse uh, that 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 people are going to use to uh, qualify the fact that they're going to miss the playoffs. It's going to be COVID's fault. It's, like, that's what that's what this that's what COVID is right now for the for the Boston Red Sox is a built-in excuse they, for them to for them to miss the playoffs. Is that why they keep getting infected? Because I cannot believe that two weeks into this, they are still having players test positive. What the hell are they doing in the clubhouse? What are I, they doing when they travel? Like, how, how can players still be tested? They're they're not putting protocols in place to protect themselves. They're not wearing masks on the bench. What are they doing? That these guys are still testing positive. How did they after like three or four? Because they have to be up to ten guys. How many guys are now? How many eleven. Guys? So eleven. They're in Santana double digits. They're, yeah. Is that is that worse than the Yankees? This is got to be the worst. I, this I don't know the, what the actual number with the Yankees was, but they had their outbreak. It you know what did they go? Four or five days with guys testing positive. Then that was it. There were yeah. no more testing positive after that. It's Bogarts just came back. He wasn't even one of the first guys to go out. And he was out ten days, so you're into your third week of guys still testing positive. It's amazing that after three or four guys tested positive, that they just didn't literally just everybody just like get dressed at home and come straight to the ballpark. Like that's like no 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 clubhouse, no like just just everybody's out on their own, do your own thing, and and show up and and you know wear the masks. And and it's amazing that they haven't, and it's amazing that the, that Major League Baseball hasn't penalize them in any way like it's 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 a it's, a, it's, it's amazing that and and how are teams that they're playing are, are teams that they're playing against getting having guys testing positive for covid or is it only internally inside i the haven't clubhouse? heard of any like i haven't heard of any. I, haven't, that, I haven't heard of anybody in baseball to, other than the red sox testing positive that's the other thing that blows my mind is like they just they just had a series with the rays and the indians and, and they but they played the raid what seven times in the last two weeks any of the race players get it not that I've heard of. Like, so what? What is going on here? Like, what? I'm telling you, it's, it's just a built-in excuse. It's just, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not real. Obviously, it's real. But what I'm saying is, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be what they point to. Well, if we didn't have that COVID infection, we would have made the playoffs. As the Yankees get into the playoffs and also had the same COVID inf in, infection, and it just happened earlier. But so it's just, it, ugh. oh, that's how I feel. Well put. Ugh. It's just yep, that's yeah. it. But you know, Alex Cora, such a good manager. That's, that he's that's the name of the COVID. episode. He's uh, ugh, he's got this COVID thing under control. He's such a good manager. I mean, he's just he's really handled like you know. This is what would make a good manager a good manager to me is that a couple guys get COVID and then you handle it like you manage it. 
All right, speaking of him and the COVID thing, did you hear the claims by Hunter Renfro? Yeah, that, that, MLB, that MLB said to stop testing the Red Sox players. And did you hear what Cora said when he was asked the question? No. He basically said, I can get a test whenever I want. Okay. Is that answering the question? So can I. What is it? Like, what? That, that, that was, was his nothing. answer. I can get a test whenever I want to keep my family safe. Okay. So can I. Like, so can... What? He's a... I can't stand this guy. <laughs> Basically, He's... he sidestepped the question. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. Because, it, you know, if, if, it didn't, if he didn't mention every player's wife and mother's name, then, it, then he's really irrelevant. That's, like, really... Like, it's just... It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can get tested whenever I want? Of course you can, morons. Look at the whole country. What? What? Somebody directly asked him if, if Major League Baseball asked him to stop testing. And in his stupid brain, he probably thought that he that by saying that, he was proving the fact that, that they that they can get tested whenever they want. That they, that they, that they are able to get tested. And thinking that right. that was the answer. That was a good... He probably thought that was... He probably gave himself a high five off camera. Yep. <laughs> good job, Alex. All right, let's move on to the Patriots. I'm the best. I'm the Unless best. Derek has any last-minute thoughts on the Red Sox. Got nothing. I got nothing. Sorry, we kind of we kind of torpedoed that. Uh, seg- I, I I'll take blame. I torpedoed that segment there and just had to get the Red Sox stuff off. I knew the COVID thing was going to set me off. You, I, no, no, I'm blaming Derek for the Marcus Smart stuff. He started me off early. <laughs> Let's talk Patriots. Uh, I mean, <laughs> anything happening with them? <sighs> I'm not gonna. Get, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna fall for it. I'm not doing it. Um, I'm pulling. I would. What I. Yes, something happened with them. Um, Cam got COVID, and now Cam is no longer on the roster. You know, he, he oh, no, COVID Cam didn't get COVID. Year. Cam didn't get COVID. I'm sorry. Cam broke protocol and gave Mac Jones the opportunity to steal his job, and Mac Jones stole his job. So, obviously, that's that's going to be the first topic of conversation. Derek, your thoughts on Mac Jones stealing the job from Cam Newton? I was surprised. Um, I mean, I thought eventually Mac Jones would would be the guy, you know, would take over for, for Newton, ultimately because of, of poor play at some point throughout the year. I, I didn't think in a million years he would actually win the the starting job in, in training camp, because I didn't think it was an actual competition. I mean, all Belichick talked about all offseason and, and all campus that Cam Newton was our starting quarterback. Even after they drafted Mac Jones, he said, you know, Cam's our starter. And he never like immediately label someone as a starter he's always like well we'll see what happens in camp it's a competition and you know the typical belichick talk but he was like adamant that cam's their quarterback and then cut day comes and cam's no longer their quarterback and you know the the future is now so i mean i'm mac jones certainly played well um i mean it was preseason, but he certainly he certainly gained like respect of his his teammates and his coaches so i'm interested to see what he can do but surprised that he's going to be doing it so soon Bill. Yeah, I was not only surprised that uh, Mac Jones won the job, I was shocked that Cam Newton was cut. If New- if if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback, Newton wasn't going to be here. Why not? Because Newton's not going to back up. You paid him New- $3.5 million guaranteed. Newton's not going to be a backup. Egotist- Egotistically, it's, he's not going to be a backup. It still shocked me that he was cut, leaving Brian Hoyer as your backup. Yeah, I so, and and it surprised me that Mac Jones won the job outright in camp, because it looked like, from all accounts, he had the better grasp of the offense. 
made the better throws. But I, I still, I, I didn't believe that Belichick would start him out week one. Give him some time to settle in once the game's started for real. And you know how you've got that first month of the season that they use basically is to get the team all together, you know, find out what you are in that first month of the season. And with Tampa Bay sitting there in week four, I figured that would be the spot, at least get Newton through there, then maybe they'd switch over to Jones, not give him the keys right from day one. So that shocked me. And then to have not have, if, if he should falter, if and not have Newton as your backup, you just have Brian Hoyer. That, well, to me, is, is walking a little bit of a high wire. Well, here's the thing. If not he, that if, Newton was great <clears throat> by any stretch of the imagination. I'd seen enough of him last year. But do we want to see Brian Hoyer as the starter? No. Well, here's the thing. If Mac Jones falters, and Mac Jones – Mac, well, to me – As to, most rookie to, quarterbacks do. To me, though, to me, now the Mac Jones thing, he's going to be your starting quarterback unless he gets hurt. And if he gets hurt, then you can always re-sign Newton. You can, because he's, he's – he, If he's still out New, there. Newton's going to wait until a, until a starting quarterback gets hurt, and that's when he's going to sign because he, he's not going to be a back. Cam Newton's not going to sit on the sidelines. There's no way that he, that he goes and sits on the sidelines. So if something happens like what happened to Dak and – you know the, the Cowboys need a starting quarterback, or um, the the Saints need a starting quarterback, or the Colts need a starting quarterback because Carson Wentz gets hurt again. Then then that's that's when he's going to go sign. But it, it, he's he's not going to be a backup to he's not going to be a backup for anybody. I don't think he needs to. I, I just I just don't think who was it a couple years ago that said that they were going to go into the booth and then someone got hurt and then uh, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, he was going to go into into broadcasting, and then the Dolphins offered him the starting job because someone got hurt, right? And so then then he went then he went and played for the Dolphins. I think Cam's going to do the same thing. Might, he might not go into the booth, but you know what I mean. He's going to sit and wait, and when a starting job comes up, that's when he's going to come out. To do you say, think anybody? Do you think anybody wants to bring him in at this point? Do you think not as a backup? Do you think as even as a starter? If if their starting quarterback gets hurt, why not? Why would you bring in a guy who does not even know your system that can barely throw the ball at this point? And is not the runner that he used to be. Why would you bring him in at that point? I think it depends on the the situation and and, and the team. If your if your team that has that that I mean, how many teams around the league have legitimate backups? Anybody? Anybody? Does any team have a legitimate backup? What do you call a legitimate backup? Someone who can someone who you who you feel can step. Maybe the Packers. So somebody like a Mitch Trubisky in Buffalo. Okay, yeah, perfect, perfect example. Somebody so, like that. So if Josh Allen gets hurt, then Mitch Trubisky will take over, and Cam Newton won't go there. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, the is it Jordan Love will take over, and and the the Packers will stay with him. Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Who's the backup in Cleveland? No idea. Maybe there's like I'm just saying if if your backup like if Mac Jones gets hurt, would you rather Brian Hoyer or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. So like that that, that to me. That's the, the key. he can be a band aid. He can go and be a band aid for a team. Now, if you're completely out of it, that's the other thing. If you're complete, if 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 you're 100 percent out of it, and your starting quarterback gets hurt, okay, maybe it's not worth it. You use your backup. But if you're a, a fringe team, there's no reason why you 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 shouldn't go out and sign Cam Newton. In my opinion, I, I think the the biggest tell for me was Washington is a team that needs a quarterback. Ron Rivera was Newton's coach in Carolina. Not interested. Yeah. Not well, interested in bringing him in at all. Well, that could be. What does that tell you? Who is their quarterback? Yeah, exactly. Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzpatrick. Oh. Fitzpatrick and Heineke. 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 
Fitzpatrick's better than Cam Newton. I wish the Patriots had brought him in last year. He's better than Cam Newton. But the Mac Jones thing. Uh, you both said you were shocked by it, and and I think I was I was too. I think it was I think it was a, it was I don't know if shocked, but it's definitely surprised. But at the same time, Mac Jones was probably the better quarterback in the preseason. Mac Jones, from all accounts, I wasn't at I wasn't at training camp, but from all accounts and practices, but he was the better quarterback. So to me, Belichick looked at it finally like he looks like he looks at every other position. This kid, this even if Newton is a little bit better than Mac Jones or has more experience than Mac Jones, the trade-off is it wasn't worth it. Mac Jones to like the, like the drop-off in the offense if if Newton was better wasn't worth it. So they cut Cam and they bring in the kid and, and let him let it make it his team from week one. I think making it his team from week one is better than faltering having Cam Newton Cam Newton falter for for four weeks to start the season and then you just hand it off to the kid and say here try and win this team over as they're losing as they're as Newton you know doesn't can't figure it out or gets hurt or whatever and they're one in three going into week five try and win that locker room over now kid no i think this is i think that they looked at it and said that the the talent drop off is not far enough for it to matter the the i think the cam newton covid thing helped mac jones here obviously and and you listen to the wide receivers talk about him the guys in the locker room talk about him seems like he's bought in i saw a thing the other day his girlfriend helps him run plays in their backyard like this kid's like he's he's bought in He's bought in. Why not give it to him week one? Why why do it to him in week four when the team's two and two, one and three, maybe zero oh and four, and then you hand it over to him say, hey, try and win this locker room over, try and win this fan base over. All right. So there's a difference between us. What you're saying, I agree with you. But what you asked was, were you surprised? Oh, I know. I know. Yes, we were surprised that Belichick did that. I was too, and then I thought about it and just ran off all of those things I said. And I said, "Well, you know, it's really not that surprising." It's and really I don't think there's a talent. I don't think there's a talent drop off from from Newton to Jones. If exactly. anything, so, I think it's the other way around, it, it, and, it, and they can run the offense more of what it looked like when that other guy used to be the quarterback of the Patriots. He who shall now remain nameless. If I hear they they one can, freaking Mac Jones and Tom Brady comparison, I'm going to lose it. Don't no, make no. me. Hold on. Do hold not on. make I'm me hate this kid before he them. even does. Please don't do it. I am not comparing. I'm not saying you. That is not fair to Jones. What I'm saying is he can run more of the offense that McDaniels had Correct. in place previously. Correct. He's more of a pocket passer. He's a he's a and, and yes. he looked he looked good at the at the line of scrimmage. And that's 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 the thing that I I, I have my my you know my issues with Brady, but the the guy's un, an un, I, floor general is I don't know what it's called in the NFL, but in the NBA it's a floor general. He's unbelievable at doing that. Mac Jones to me was the same thing, hitting hitting quick slants, hitting hitting the running backs. Hitting, reading the line of scrimmage, he looked very confident. He looked, he looked good. He looked good, and 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 I just, I, I mean, but teams are also not scheming against their opponent like they will in the regular season. Sure, sure. So sure. that's the next step he's got to make is being able to read these things and getting shut down. Now I think what's going to help him tremendously is the running backs that they have. They are still going to be more of a running team. And Jones is going to throw the ball when he has to. I don't see them coming out and slinging the ball all over the field, especially with the cast of wide receivers that they have, which Nelson Aguilar is probably not going to play the first game. So that even got thinner than what we thought it was going to be. So they are going to be a run-heavy team. And when they do throw, it'll probably be to the tight ends. And the backs. And the running backs. 
Yeah, I, I just, yes, I, my question was, were they surprised? Yes, I was surprised. And then I really thought about it, and I said, no, it's really not that surprising. The only surprising thing is what Derek said, where Belichick came out and said, Cam's our starter, Cam's our starter, Cam's our starter, Cam's our starter, and then turns out, well, he was lying the whole time. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that he was probably, he, he looked at it logically and said, you know what? There's no, the only, here's the thing. Week four might be the only reason to have not started him. To have to not do that to him, to not have him have to play against Brady in his in his home in his home stadium, and and and, and that might have been the only reason not to. If the Bucks are on the schedule this year. Might, like, it, it, is it really even a conversation? Like, it, 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 like, I, I don't think I think that's really the only thing that I'm looking at. Like, that might be a tough spot for him. But other than that, it's it, it to me it really it really it makes sense. It really does. And they've got somewhat of a soft schedule to start the season too. They have a soft schedule so, all year. Well, especially the start of the season. So what what better time to throw the kid in there? This is what I said last year. And we know every single year the Patriots are number one in the division, one, two, usually one. And then you have to go and you have to play the number ones in the other division. What did they finish last year? Third? So now they're playing thirds in the other divisions? I know they have to play they have to play the Cowboys in the what is that, the NFC South? Yes, the South. But in 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 they play the where they play the AFC AFC South too, right? No, they played the yeah. AFC South last year. Oh, they did. So they play the so they play the West. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they played the AFC West last year. So this is the South. So this year they're playing yeah the, the South. South, the Titans, the Colts. So then they then they play the third place teams in 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 the other division. So that that helps their schedule in my opinion, and. I don't know. They have, they definitely have an easier schedule this year than they did last year, but it's it's I I don't know. I th- I think I I think it was the right decision. I really really do. I think that I think that it was a good choice to let them start this let them start the year and and you know, kid, it's your team. Here you go. Go. Do it. Go ahead, Derek. All right, I want to hear what Derek thinks. <laughs> I don't say he'll have a, a great test, you know, week one against uh, a Miami defense that a lot of people hold in high regard and just the fact that it's Brian Flores on the, the other side of the field who's, you know, beaten Belichick twice since he's moved to Miami. Um, so I think with uh, a depleted receiving core, uh, you know, in his first career start, he'll, it'll be a good test for him. We'll see how, how he can handle a, an actual defense, not in a, a preseason setting. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what he can do tomorrow. Yeah, I am. I am too, and and I think. I mean, like I said, that it just it just seems like it's it was the right thing to do to say here here, take the keys and you know let's go let's do it let's let's figure it out together. I mean, you, you, Cam had what six games or whatever, seven games, eight games, whatever it is, more than than Jones has in this offense, and and it just didn't it just it, to me it just didn't seem like it made sense to to just give it to Cam because he's got more experience. The game the the play wasn't there and and. Jones won the job. He he won the job from him. Like he, you got to give the got to give the kid the kid credit for that. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these new players that they have on offense because we really didn't get to see a lot of them, especially the tight ends, in the preseason. Really looking forward to see what what they went out and spent all their money on and how it's all going to come together. It's gonna it's gonna take some time, I think. Like just like what I said with the Celtics, it's gonna take some time for this team to gel. And come together, but I, I think they can. The offense can can be a very productive offense if Jones is even the field general that you think he is. And I'm really looking forward to the defense too, 
I think that's that's the biggest thing, the, the jump that this team needs to make from last year. Now that they have a guy like Hightower back, Van Noy's back, Josh Uche has is, is made a huge jump from his rookie year. So the, if if they can hold on with Gilmore out in the secondary, I think I think this team can can be really good on both sides of the ball. That brings up another reason why it makes sense to, to let Mac Jones take it from week one. I didn't I hadn't even considered the fact that both the tight ends are new to the system. All of the wide receivers are basically new to the system. So you if if you're if you're gonna learn the system, you're all learning it together. That 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 makes even more sense to, to, to hand it to Mac Jones and let him start it from there because you got Henry for a couple years, you got Smith for a couple years, Aguilar for a couple years, I believe, and who's the other one? The kid from San Francisco. Born, born for a couple of years. So why not let them all go out there and learn it together and, 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 and do it all together? Don't they have a rookie running back too? Like another another young a young running back that So it's basically all it's of Stevenson. All of your all of your skill positions are learning the offense together. So it's not like Newton has has an up. Like it's not like Newton was in the system and all of these other guys like the Brady Edelman thing and and you know they like Brady just winked at Edelman and he knew what to do. Like that's 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 not gonna that wouldn't have been the case with Cam or Mac. So why not let Mac build that rapport now and and who knows maybe it's a it 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 makes sense in the long term too. Two years from now, him and Hunter Henry get the little wink wink thing that hit that Brady and Gronk have going on. Who knows? I'm not saying that 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 that's gonna happen, but. Why? Why not? That makes even more sense to, to let him to let him take over and 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 start from week one. Yeah, good point. Good point, Michael. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks for taking my point, and running with it. I just it, it just it just dawned on me that that make that makes sense too because you oh well Newton knows the offense yeah but the rest of the guys don't so what does it matter? So I guess we shouldn't have been shocked when. Yeah, we should have seen this coming when, a mile away. When you really think about it, it's real. Like, yes, you can be surprised, but it, it it makes sense. It really, 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 really makes sense, in my opinion. Derek, what's your opinion? Yeah, it, it, no, it definitely makes sense when you think about it, because that's how Belichick has operated since he's been here. He hasn't been afraid to, you know, make surprise cuts and release veterans if someone behind them is playing better. I mean, think of all the the big names that he's either released or or, or traded away. Uh, I think just the I'll, I'll say it again. The most surprising thing to me was that he was so adamant that Cam was their starter to to kind of go back on that. If he had said all you know camp long that you know it's an open competition and you know we're gonna give it to the the guy who plays the best, then I wouldn't have been as surprised. And I mean Jones definitely outperformed Newton. I wouldn't say Newton was bad in camp. I thought he looked better in some of these preseason games than he did last year. It looked like he had, you know, progressed a bit, but still, I mean, the, the offense looked more, um, you know, it, it flowed better and just looked more normal, uh, you know, with Jones under center. I think we should have seen it coming when in the last preseason game, I think Cam only got two series to start the game and threw an interception and then never came back on the field. I think, I think the handwriting was on the wall at that point. And that was after he was out with, with the with the COVID protocol violation, the only reason he even played that game was because of the the violation, right? Because normally the starters don't play don't play week four. Right? Well, well, they only had three weeks this year. Oh, shows how much I pay attention. Yeah, because they added the extra game during so the regular season. Yeah, so normally they wouldn't play. Well, actually, didn't normally actually... The, normally the starters didn't play much of the last of, mm-hmm. of game four, but you know, game three used to be the game when the starters played the most. They play into the second half. Mm-hmm. Which you really didn't have that in 
the second preseason game. So yeah, th- those those things are kind of thrown out the window because Jones came in, still had a lot of the first team. He definitely had the first team offensive line with him when he came in. So Stardust was still in there. It wasn't a wholesale change that was made. It was just Newton that was taken out. So the handwriting was kind of on the wall there. Let's see what this kid can do with the ones. And he came in and he moved the team. Looking less and less shocking. When you really dive into it. You've got to take an analytical look at things. You can't just take them for face value. You've got to really dive in. You know, that's what we do here best at the Boston Sports Syndicate. Next level. Next level thinking. Eight. Especially when, especially when we can look back in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, especially when we have, <laughs> especially when we have a month and a half to prepare it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, eighteen games on the schedule this year, correct? Seventeen. Oh my God! Eighteen weeks, seventeen. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a bye week. Seventeen games on the schedule this year. I think they're going. Was it? What was it? Ten and thirteen. What was James's take from last year? Eleven and fourteen. Eleven and fourteen. <laughs> more likely, more likely this year to go eleven and fourteen than last. Um, just where do you think they land? With assume, let's assume health, assume health, and uh, assume Gilmore comes back. Where 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 do you have this? Where where do you where do you see their win loss divisional? Where 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 are they going? I think they can win ten games. Yeah, I think they can win ten. Um, compete for a wild card spot. I still think Buffalo's better and probably going to win the division. Um, but I think their the schedule's soft enough. Uh, they made improvements in, on defensively. I think they'll have to win a lot of games ugly, you know, low scoring. Uh, but I think you know they've got a talented defense when Gilmore comes back. Assuming he does that, I think that makes them elite. Uh, they can be one of the best defensive units in the the league with him out there. You know, if he's playing up to his caliber. Uh, so I think they're they're competing for a wild card spot, and now that there's that that extra spot in there, I think it's likely that they get back into the the playoffs. I don't see, see them as a, a Super Bowl contender, um, you know, unless something happens with these wide receivers, whether they add someone or someone just takes a like Jacoby Myers makes an incredible leap. Uh, but I think they're going to be much better than last year. I mean, they won seven games with the the crap roster they had last year. So now Belichick's got a little more talent um, and a softer schedule. So I think they'll definitely improve. I was just leaning in to say, and an easier schedule, but you beat me to it. Good work, Pratty. <laughs> uh, Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I got to go along with Derek. I, I see them 10, 11 wins, grabbing one of the wild card spots. I, I don't see them knocking off Buffalo. Buffalo's just got too much talent. I think they have any chance to do any damage in the playoffs. You've always got a chance once you get there. That's what Bill Parcells used to say. Okay. I think it's just a matchup Ooh. thing. I mean, where they match up against? I mean, we see what we saw what even what they did last year against Kansas City. So you know, there's only that one buy now. That one team gets a buy. So it, they've they've did pretty well against Kansas City. They did pretty well against. They beat Baltimore last year with the crap team that they had. So, yeah, Baltimore, yeah I, I, Baltimore's in some trouble right now, though. So I don't. Well, yeah, they, Baltimore, they don't have any running backs. They, they, here's the thing: if I'm a free agent or I'm playing for the Baltimore Ravens, I'm, I might be asking to get traded because they just lose guys to MCL tears and ACL tears seemingly once a day. Well, they, Cam they lose Cam four guys. might have a better shot of going there as a running back than he Seriously. has going somewhere else as a quarterback. Seriously, he'll tear his MCL day two. But I mean, who cares? Like it's 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 crazy, crazy. It's been like what five guys, I think. 
three straight days they had guys tear MCLs or ACLs or one of the CLs. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Le'Veon, they're bringing up guys, bringing up guys from the practice squad. Le'Veon, to start now. Well, Le'Veon Bell signed there, which they brought him in. Right. Could be. I mean, I, I think I think he's still got some talent. I know he's probably over the hill, but he's still got some talent. And I think that you know, I mean, but but they, yeah, I don't know if Baltimore would be the place I want to be practicing right now. I don't know. No, that that whole division. I don't know if I think I'm good with that whole division, but I think I think you're both you both you both nailed it. You're probably around ten, eleven wins, something like that. And and I, I feel like this is one. Of, this is the type of team that's gonna win the games they should win and lose the games they should lose. You know, like they like I think I just I look at it like they're probably gonna lose that box game and they're probably gonna lose to the Bills. But you know, they'll like last year. Did we were we confident the Patriots were gonna beat the Jets? Were we confident like that they were gonna beat? Wasn't a bad. I don't even know a bad team that they played last year. But were we confident that they were gonna do that? This they barely year? beat the Jets last year. I know, year. I know. Both games. I know. That's what I mean. And and now I'm thinking that that they're gonna you know like I think the Jets is like to me that's a perfect example. Like they should beat the Jets. They're probably going to beat the Jets. And I think that's that's how this team's gonna go. So you look at the schedule and it's soft, er, much softer. Probably got ten or eleven wins. You guys probably you guys nailed it. There's usually one game that you don't expect them to lose that they do. There's usually like last year. Yeah, there's Miami. one game. There's one game like Baltimore last year. We didn't expect them to beat Baltimore. They pulled that one out. So yeah, it, it all averages out at the end. The division games are always tough. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in Miami. If they lost at, at <clears throat> excuse me, lost at the Jets. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost both games to Buffalo. At the Jets? No way. No way. They play at the Jets that, week two. No way. Wouldn't They're, be surprised. They also have a rookie quarterback. No way. Yeah, so do you. Yeah, but but the, and, and but that, the support. And their rookie quarterback was drafted number two and has been lighting it up in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, he did look good in the preseason. He did look good in the preseason. But so, the supporting cast is much better here, and I think that I don't. I mean, the, the defense the defense the, is much better. But the, still, division games are always tight. Hmm. Even, even when the Patriots had powerhouse teams, they still had tough division games with the Jets, no matter how bad they were. So... Don't, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. Other than the Bucks game, what games do you guys have cir- circled on your schedules? Dallas, especially after watching that game Thursday night. Definitely looking forward to that. Especially it looks like Dak is you know, progressing. I mean, I, I thought he was going to have to knock off some rust the first month of the year, but he looks like he's in midseason form already. Yep. They've got a ton, ton of weapons. Uh, they don't even use Ezekiel Elliott anymore. At least they didn't on opening night. So I think that, other than the Bucks game, I think that game I'm, I'm looking forward to, and and Cleveland late late in the year. Um, you know that'll be a a good kind of midseason uh, um, you know test for them. Cleveland, especially with the injuries of Baltimore, Cleveland's probably the favorite in that division. Um, so yeah, haven't, haven't we been saying that for the last yeah. few years though that Cleveland. Cleveland's gonna come up. Cleveland's gonna come up. When, when is it gonna happen? They had a good year last. They had a good year. year. Yeah, they had a good year. Were they a wild card last year? Yes. Yeah. Barely. In Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, I, I would hate. I was just saying, I'm all set with that division. The Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Titans. Is that right? Titans are in the South. Bengals. Bengals. Oh, Bengals. Bengals. I it, nope. Like I'm good. Like that. 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 Like I mean, even the Bengals. Even the Bengals are are, are going to compete. Like that, I'm 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 good with that division. I'm all set. I'm all set. Give me the South with the Colts and the Jaguars <laughs> and the Texans. But it's it, nope. I'm good. I'm good in that division. Um, Derek, as a season ticket holder, do you do you use all the games or do you split them with somebody and you and and you go to half? No, we go to we go to all of them. Are you 
I realize this is a dumb question to ask you, but it's not a dumb question to ask a, a season ticket holder. Um, are you going to the Bucks game, or are you going to sell your Bucks game and pay off your season tickets for this year and next year? So, you know, we have four tickets, so it's me, my brother, and my parents, um, and my dad and I are going to go. My mom and brother are trying to get us to sell the tickets, so we're like, you guys can sell your own. We'll mm -hmm. go, the two of us, so you guys can make your money. Yeah, I mean, you could make thousands, especially mm -hmm. if you hold out, assuming, you know, Brady will probably, assuming everyone is healthy, mm -hmm. they could both be 3-0 and in that week. I mean, if you held out and tried to sell your tickets the week of, I mean, you can make multi multiple thousand dollars yeah, per you'd, ticket. You'd you'd pay off your season tickets for this year. I mean, I know you've already paid for, for them, sure. but you but you you you'd recoup your. Honestly, you probably could recoup your your season tickets between that and the and the Cowboys game for the next two years. Legitimately, you could you probably yeah. could. the 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 home schedule for the Patriots this year is unbelievable. The teams that are coming in here are it, it's just you have the, you have the the Dolphin. I mean, obviously the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets. The Saints, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Titans, like that. That's and then the Jaguars, which you say all oh, the Jaguars, but they've got the number one overall pick in Trevor Lawrence. So like, that's an unbelievable home schedule for for the Patriots this year. As a fan with season tickets, going to the games, I mean. <laughs> yeah, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, a lot of good games. I got a comment on the schedule, if I may. Go. They got a tough stretch. Week 10 through 13, their bye is late this year. It's week 14. Week 10, they have Cleveland at home. Then there's a short turnaround for a Thursday night game in Atlanta. Oh, the Falcons blow. I think the Falcons are going to surprise some people this year. They blow. Then they're their best player. Then Tennessee. Then Buffalo that's before tough. the bye. Yeah, that's tough. The only, the only reason I, I think the Atlanta game would be tough is because it's a, it's a short week with the Thursday night game, and they have to travel, which the Patriots usually don't do for the Thursday night game. But this year, they're, they're going to have to travel. Yeah, two of those games are at home, though, so that's something. The Tennessee, the Tennessee game will be tough, and then going to Buffalo. Yeah, that's not great. So that's going to be a tough stretch for them, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not great, and... and... I mean, I, but but overall, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting season. Like to me, to me, having having Cam Newton get cut and having Max Jones, Matt, Max, Mac Jones take over, it makes the season even more interesting. Like it, it gives you even more reason, as if you weren't gonna watch anyway. But it gives you even more reason to watch and 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 watch with a uh, a hopeful eye. Like I think I think it was a uh, overall. Uh, it's gonna be an exciting year for both the Patriots and the Celtics. And maybe even the Bruins. Whenever, whenever we decide to talk about the Bruins, probably on the next podcast because that'll be closer to the to the regular season. So it's it's uh things are things were looking down for a little bit here in in the city as far as sports go, but I think uh, I think we're we're coming back up on the upswing. I just think with the Patriots, it's going to look a lot better. The on-field product will look a lot better throughout the year. I mean, you think back last year to some of those awful games that they had and how bad they looked, like that Niners game where they got blown out. The Broncos game where they, you know, didn't force a, a single punt on a, a crappy offense. You know, that, that Thursday night game against the Rams where they got blown out. The Monday night game against Buffalo where they got blown out. You're not going <laughs> to see games like that this year. They're going to be much more competitive um, and much more used to, you know, the, the Patriots teams we've, we've grown accustomed to. After seeing those two those two teams play on Thursday, I'm not ruling out that both of those games will be blowouts. Those teams, <laughs> holy, fair. holy, and and the Cowboys not so much, but the Bucks have a good have a good defense, and both offenses were just like they looked unbelievable. It was such a good game. 
one comment about the NFL as a whole before we go. The the numbers changing thing is the worst thing the NFL could have done. It is unbelievably confusing now for me. And I'm not I'm not terribly intelligent. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But defensive like defensive players in the secondary wearing number 2 and the single digits and I'm like what what is going on? It just it looks it, it just looks funny to me and I I don't like it. I don't I I don't like it. I don't have a problem with defensive backs wearing single digit numbers. It's the defensive linemen isn't, wearing single digit numbers that I can't get used to. Isn't go what is it, ghost go what is the, the guy that they just got from God Chow? God Chow. He's wearing number 9? What? No, Jude Judon's wearing oh, Jude, number 9. Oh, yeah, whatever, one of them. That's the guy they got from the Ravens, right? Or is he wearing number 8? Either way, it's a single digit number. Either way, it's a single it's digit number. It's weird. It's weird. And it's it, it makes It's like college. Yeah, it's, and the, the college thing's even worse because guys can wear the same number on both sides of the ball. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is like the well, quarterback. They have over a hundred guys the, on the squad. The, the quarterback's number three, and then also the linebacker on the on the defense is number three. They're, what? What is what? What? No, mm, miss miss me with that. The other, but but the the them having single uh, them having different numbers is is it, it's confusing. It, it's it's like it, it you it's uh it just it. it I don't know. Like it just like to me, it, it it's tough to tell. Like someone makes a tackle, you're like, oh, what a play by the lineback lineman, uh, secondary. Uh, mm, good play, defense. Like it's just, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know every guy in the in the entire league. So it, it, I don't know. It made it it makes it made it easier to decipher who's what for me, the casual guy. And that's I don't know. I'm probably not who they're marketing towards, but anyway. You don't disagree. I mean, you don't agree. No, I, I agree on the defensive lineman. I said I can get used to the defensive back wearing single-digit numbers because wide receivers are going to be wearing single-digit numbers too. Yeah, but that's even that. Like, oh, wear a number in the teens or wear a number in the 80s. Like, come on, what, what, what's going on here? Can can quarterbacks wear numbers above the teens? Anybody. Like, anybody could can. Doug Flutie come back and wear number 22? I'm sure he could. Well, anybody could John Hadle right? come back and wear number 21? That See, that would be cool. I don't know. For some reason, to me, the... The, the quarterback from Michigan a few years ago wore number 89 or something like that. Yeah. Or 90, well, that's 96, what I would wear. whatever. That's what I would wear. But it just, I don't know. Like, to me, the like that structure of the number thing was kind of a cool thing that the NFL did, and it made everybody recognizable. And you knew, you know, this guy's either a linebacker or a lineman. And then now it's just it's a free-for-all. It's absolutely free for all. And who changed? Did Nikhil Harry change his number? Number one. Oh, yeah, he changed it to what? one. What? Can you wear zero? Is that a thing? Can, can you wear zero? Why not? Double zero. There have been guys that have worn zero. Let's just get in the crazy. Past. You know what? Let's just get crazy. I think that Mac Jones should wear one ten this year instead of ten. One ten. Let's make it one ten. You're like Benito Santiago and wear oh nine. Yeah, let's get. Yeah, Remember him? Yeah, that's stupid too. That's stupid. Too. Ah. I don't know. It's something stupid to get mad over. Wait, I guess, wasn't that uh, Fubu? Oh five. Oh five. Yeah, Fubu. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not a that's not that's just a clothing company. It's not a freaking uniform. Not yet. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Derek, what are your thoughts on the numbers? It's just going to be hard to relearn everyone's like number. I mean, watching the preseason and trying to figure out who that was, and like, oh, it's Jawan Bentley. It's like, oh yeah, he changed his number. Oh yeah, he changed his number. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be the hardest part, but. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. It's just a, a jersey. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't, I don't disagree. But it also just makes it like, if, like, if you're watching the, let's just pick two teams: the Chargers against the Texans. 
you know, and then I just I think it would I, I think it's it's easier to pick out who's who's making plays and and whatever by by their the number I don't know branch that they're that they wear right. yeah like I just I think it's easier like I don't know who they are I don't know who's in the secondary or linebackers I guess by looking at them you might be able to tell but I don't know I guess it's something probably something stupid to get mad over or not to get upset over but I uh I just like it, I like it the way that it was I don't know I don't see why I had to change it but that's me you're getting old. You don't like change. That that's the first sign. You don't like change. You're not wrong. Not wrong, Derek. Derek said uh Al Horford got drafted in 2007. Was that 15 14, 15, 14 years ago? And my heart just sank into my chest. <laughs> See, that's, that's when you know you're school. old. When, when, when guys are old in the league and they start retiring and you remembered them when they played in college. Yeah. Mm, not great. No. Nope. Not great. Anyway, uh anything else you guys want to talk about or, or cover before we uh before we head off? Uh, let me see. Where are we? We're over an hour and a half, so mm-hmm. so much for not having much to talk about. Well, I said it would be a little, you'd be time, a little time consuming. So, but we knew that. We knew that going into it. Everyone was ready. So, Derek, any uh, any final thoughts? I am out of thoughts and thoughtless. Wow, wow. Well, <laughs> uh, enjoy the game tomorrow and enjoy the uh, season. As you make your way to Gillette Stadium for the for this for the year, and uh, don't forget to touch base with me tomorrow if you are around. I'll be there to uh, do a little tailgating, so feel free to like uh, to come by. Um, and thank you for joining us and uh, in in the first episode of kind of the the rebirth the reboot of the uh, Boston Sports Syndicate podcast. So we appreciate you being here. Yeah, happy to be on anytime. Bill, anything you got? No, I will be uh, watching the game from the comfort of my uh, couch tomorrow. Listening, probably. I will. Uh, Tony Romo be doing the game? Probably not, huh? No, not anymore. Not anymore. Those no, days are over. We're not going to get as much Tony Romo as we used to. It's a blessing. Blessing. <laughs> oh, Jim. I don't know. We'll find out after the break. Anyway, he's. Hmm. We almost made it a whole episode without mentioning a whole football episode without Tony Romo talk. Good for you for bringing it up at the last second. Anyway, um, you can catch us on uh, Twitter at Boston Sports SYN on Facebook at Boston Sports Syndicate. You can check out our our website www.bostonsportssyndicate.com, or you will be able to find our podcast, any podcast that is in the now formed Syndicate Network, um, as well as articles. I'm sure Derek will get on the uh, the Patriots stuff and the Celtics stuff. Um, as as those as those seasons start and, and get closer to starting and hopefully we'll have some brewing stuff coming up and uh, there'll be fancy football stuff up starting next week so um, a lot of a lot of stuff happening over at uh, bostonsportssyndicate.com I'll be writing some Red Sox stuff again oh yeah Red Sox forgot about them uh, Red their Sox season's call over. them to be named later their season's over who cares and the from the website you can also find our shop our merch shop by hashtag buy merch and I think that's pretty much every. Oh, oh, wait a second, wait a second. If you, you you forgot something big. If you want to go to, if you want to go to a Patriots, Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins game, now that we can do that kind of stuff again, uh, head over to SeatGeek.com, select your game, select your tickets, and use code BSS on your way out and save yourself twenty dollars off a purchase of fifty dollars or more. Didn't didn't check into this a hundred percent, but I'm ninety five percent sure that they removed the first time purchase. But I don't, I, I don't 
quote me on that, but when I was reading the updated terms, I believe it's just off of fifty dollars or more now. So could still be first purchase, but I didn't see that that mentioned in the updated terms. So, and that's good for concerts or any concert, other yeah. entertainment. Yeah, you want to go, the- go to the House of Blues right across from Fenway. You want to go to uh, Country Fest when it comes back to Gillette next summer. Luke Bryan, maybe over at uh, the Xfinity Center. You can uh, SeatGeek.com code BSS at checkout. Oh think, wait, there's more. No, I, th- I think that's good for right now. We're done. I think that's good for right now. No manscaped. No, I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta check. I gotta check into that. I meant to, and I didn't. But oh, you know what? Whatever. I just wanted to see if the code was still active. Use code BSS twenty percent off and free shipping off of manscaped.com. And that's good for every order. That's every order. Yeah, you don't need. You don't even. You don't even. You do need to enter an email, but you, it doesn't matter about email. So you can use that anytime. Twenty percent code BSS. So your balls will thank you. <laughs> There we go. So, uh, yeah, not bad. I'm uh, getting back into the swing of things here. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Boston Sports Get the duck boats ready. Get the duck boats ready. After 39 long years, the Cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Diving to the goal line. A touchdown. This is our f***ing city.